0: Is Davis Mills the answer at quarterback in Houston? Is Jamar Chase really a top 10 wide receiver? And are the Kansas City Chiefs in trouble? Find out more on this episode of Guys Without Helmets. Welcome to Guys Without Helmets, a podcast all about pro and fantasy football. My name is Dave. I'm joined, as always, by my guys, Josh and Caleb. Once again, we have Tim Schneider, our special guest, join us today. Tim, how are we doing?
1: Oh, I'm great, man. I'm so excited to talk football with you guys. Now we're, the, we're starting to hit the meat of the, the schedule, and Oof. things are things are rolling along. Things are
0: heating up. We had a unbelievable uh, week five in the NFL. As you know, we always start off our shows by recapping week five. I want to talk, first of all, unfortunately news broke last night that John Gruden, head coach of the Las Vegas Raiders, uh, had stepped down. Uh, he was not released. He was stepped down. Uh, Josh, give us some details on that if you would. Yeah,
2: I believe that he is, or he is leaving the team, obviously, mm-hmm. but Rich Pasacha, who is a part of the team, is now going to be the interim head coach. He was with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers with John Gruden, and he was also a coordinator for the Chargers, the Cowboys, and now the Oakland and Las Vegas Raiders. He's been in the league as an assistant coach and coordinator for two decades, I believe, as well as college before then. So he's pretty experienced, and he's, he's been with his team and with his other parts of the staff for a very long time.
0: Yeah, it's always uh, terrible news when things like this break. It's unnecessary, but it is typically our uh, standard here. We're not, we usually don't talk about character and those things. We try to stick it just to the game. So in that regard, uh, John Gruden is out. And a interim head coach has been named.
2: So, who do y'all think is going to be the head coach next year? Ooh, we have some good ones.
3: People are talking about Joe Lombardi already. Um, Brian Dable from the Bills, and then Eric Bieniemy from the Chiefs. I don't know if he's going to take that job because of the division. They're in the same division. He had to play against the team he's leaving, so that wouldn't be really good for him.
0: Yeah, I don't know why, but I always felt like Kellen Moore was a fit for the Raiders. You know, as a Cowboy fan, I don't know how much I'm bought into Kellen Moore being the you know the rocket science he's supposed to be. I think McCarthy would do okay. My only challenge with Eric Bieniemy is the Chiefs letting him go into their own division. That would be a stretch. Well, yeah,
2: well, he's also going into the division knowing that he's playing four games against Herbert
0: and Mahomes as well. Yeah, and <laughs> there's also rumors
3: job. of him talking to USC about getting that job, too. So he has plenty of options, I'm sure, after this year.
0: Yeah, sad situation there, but the the uh, the Raiders are playing this week. So, on a good note, Tua Tagovailoa has returned to the Dolphins' sideline. He should be starting for them. That's a good thing, right, for mm-hmm. Bama? Yeah, way well, better than... Well, Everyone his, else, have had. His
2: first game out, they got blown out like 40-0 to zero or something against the Bills. So, they've been pretty terrible without him.
0: Yeah. Well, let's look at this week. Uh, we mentioned last week some things to look forward to. Guys, I was pleasantly surprised about a bunch of games. First of all, talking to some of, some of these Bills fans of mine. Uh, and lots of phone calls with them because their team is finally starting to roll. I said this was a game that they had to have to prove that they were becoming a, a legitimate contender. And uh, they did. They pulled it out. They beat Kansas City at home, which... Isn't so unusual this year, uh, but that. What else stood out to you guys this week? Mm. I mean, there's a lot of good games.
3: I think that the the Packers and Bengals game was pretty fun to watch with all the kicks going down, the wind, everyone missing. I think it was like five or six misses in an kicks. eight minute span. Yeah. There were five rough. missed. I think extra if points. I'm Aaron Rodgers, Two I would goals. start throwing the ball on fourth and inches. But
2: <laughs> yeah, I was excited to see that at the start of the week we get to see Robert Woods come back to life. I believe he had 15 targets. He was the most targeted player in
0: that game, and he was probably the best player in that game as well. It was fun to see. Seattle fans cannot be happy that Russell Wilson's little finger is causing him to miss so much time. His longest
3: finger, his middle finger.
0: Well, I mean, I know little as in it's just a finger. I know, but uh, (laughs) wow, what a way to decimate a team, huh?
1: I thought the Chargers game. Oh man, how exciting was that? Chargers Browns, two incredible teams, probably two top five or six teams in the league right now, just going at it, and um, what a great comeback! Mm -hmm. What a great win for for Chargers. For the Chargers, Justin Herbert just playing out of his mind right now. Yeah, he's definitely been clutch. Yeah, that game was pretty terrible
3: if you were playing against Mike Williams (laughs) in fantasy. He did have over 100 yards (laughs) and two touchdowns, so it's pretty brutal if you're playing against anyone on those two teams, really. I think Nick Chubb had 150 rushing yards.
2: Yeah, I think something we're probably not going to see again is when they uh, at the end of the game where the Browns are pulling Austin Eckler into the end zone <laughs> to score, so yeah. that they get so they get a chance at the ball back because Austin Eckler is pretty much just going to wait and run out the clock. Something pretty interesting there, as well as a thousand total yards in this game.
0: Well, here's something that you I've never heard of happening once in a single week. At least I don't get it reported, but apparently two starting players were taken to the hospital because of a neck contusion. Mm. Yeah. So now throat chops mean you get a ride in ambulance, or I mean, gosh, that yeah.
2: well at least. I know it seems like basically every player that's injured now they're taking out on a cart, whether it's your yeah. shoulder or your neck or whatever. They're just, they're carting off everyone at this point, and they're so, carting them back onto the field. As well. So if
3: you choke, you go to the hospital. Yeah, Burrow did choke that game.
2: Yeah, but he looked fine,
0: and so <laughs> did Wu. Kidding. Wu was <laughs>
3: well. Yeah, <laughs> I see what you
0: did there. Yeah, Wu was the other player who had a you know a neck con- and had to go to the hospital with a neck contusion. So interesting. Oh yeah, one more thing I really liked was the Eagles' performance. They really. Jalen Hurts pretty much put a
3: team on their his back. Two mm-hmm. rushing touchdowns in the fourth quarter They beat the, the, the Panthers. Panthers are really good. I think any team that you take out two of their best players, they lost J.C. Yeah. Horn a few weeks ago and McCaffrey, and they kind of have not been the same team that they were the first three games without them. So any team
1: that loses two starters, they're going to have that problem. I know the league was distracted last night uh, with the John Gruden news, but mm-hmm. <laughs> you missed a heck yeah, of a football yeah, game last yeah. night if you missed that one. with It looked like it wasn't much of a game with three minutes left in the third. I think it was a 22-3 to lead, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, the Colts had a 19-point lead with three minutes left, and then it's like the, the, the light light went on, and oh my goodness, so, that man showed what he can do. I still am waiting to see what he can do in the playoffs, which I know there's nothing yeah. he could do now to prove that, but he looked phenomenal. Yeah, Lamar definitely shut up all the haters about him not
3: being a good yeah, quarterback well. with that performance. I believe he was perfect in the fourth quarter, and over 500 yards and four passing touchdowns. Without a doubt, insane.
0: the most prolific passing game he's ever had. For me, yeah. y'all get my, my tissues ready because I'm going to tear up here. I had a clear win by having Jonathan Taylor in a oh, fantasy yeah. against uh, Andrews. You actually had the same matchup in a different league. Yeah, didn't you? I had the
2: same matchup, but for you, you had yeah oh Taylor go out and drop thirty, and then Mark Andrews
0: yeah. at the end of the game went out and put <laughs> every time as well. Andrews touched the ball, I'm just looking over at Josh and he's just shaking his head.
2: Yeah, and I believe also for Lamar Jackson, you had 500 scrimmage yards and 400 passing or over yeah. 400 passing, and his second half if you just took his second-half passing stats, it was better than any passing game he's had ever. So just the second half of last night was better than any game he's ever had passing. And he also cont- continues his record as being the most winningest player in the league so far throughout his career.
3: Yeah, one more game I want to talk about is Atlanta and the Jets over across the pond mm-hmm. in London. Um, I don't know why we always send the worst teams we have over there for
0: them to watch, <laughs> but <laughs> I think we're trying to give them a right. team. <laughs> yeah. Next year, the 32nd team in the NFL right. – should have to stay there and right. be a franchise in London, <laughs> and then we get to pick up another That's team. right.
3: Jacksonville usually their home team yeah. there because <laughs> their owner owns Wembley Stadium, I believe. Yeah. But, yeah, it was a pretty good game. Kyle Pitts finally broke out, had over 100 yards and a touchdown. It was really good to see him finally do something. I think it was more because Calvin Ridley wasn't playing. And they had no one else to throw to, but <laughs> coming out party for
0: Kyle Pitts. I know we, land, we live in the land of the delusional um, Washington football team fan, so let me pose a couple questions to you before we move on. Uh, Heineke. He looked like a backup quarterback in this game. He did not look sharp. He did not look. I know they have high hopes. I know they're all out buying number four jerseys because I I get the hate emails from my friends. Uh, What are we thinking of Heineke? What's going on there?
2: Yeah, all I know is Marshawn Lattimore, I believe, had the most passes defended in the game over the last few years. Seven or eight of those. So very interceptable and obviously (laughs) hit by the defender from Taylor Heineke. He was not playing well at all. And you didn't really see much from, like, there's no really big highlight plays from that game from the Washington football team. You had Antonio Gibson getting the goal line carries and a, I believe, Terry McLaurin touchdown. But beyond that, there wasn't really anything impressive from him in that game.
3: Yeah, and like you said, playing like a backup quarterback. Mm -hmm. Most backups have really good games and really bad games. We look at Nick Foles a few years ago. He had a great stretch in the playoffs, and he started the next year, and he Mm -hmm. was terrible. So Heineke, I believe, is a backup quarterback. I believe we talked about that a few weeks ago, if he's the starter on our buy and sell. And I believe we all said no, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. just right now because of the injury to Ryan Fitzpatrick. But he is playing like a backup, unfortunately.
1: Yeah, I watched that entire game, unfortunately. (laughs) 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 And they had so many chances to really make that a game, Washington, despite... Taylor Heineke. They're just not a very good team right now, to be no. honest with you. Their defense isn't helping them, and so the team itself is not helping Heineke at all, and so when you have a guy at that level and you have a team around him that's not Performing well, it just brings him down Mm -hmm. even further than he really truly is. Too much pressure. Yeah. Right. Well, on a
2: brighter note, Chase Young got his first sack Mm. of the season. Surprisingly, this late in the season, he's had a lot of plays called back, but his first sack of the game. And I was very excited to see that Marquez Callaway on the other side of the ball Mm. finally got it going. Two touchdowns in that game, as well as a hail mary to end the half. Yeah,
0: Yeah. I'll tell you. I've said this week in and week out. I'm disappointed that I thought the Washington football team defense was much better than they are. You can't really blame it on injuries or coaching. They've got a defensive-minded coach. They seem to be relatively healthy. Their defense is just not clicking on all cylinders. If that were the case, I think they would be making it a lot easier on their new quarterback.
2: Yeah, and that makes you kind of question if Jack Del Rio is a problem for this team. I know he did pretty decent last year, and their defense was one of the best towards the end of the season when they were all completely healthy. And I added a lot of people this season to make this defense better, and they obviously have been underperforming, as you said.
0: Yeah, a couple games that stood out. Dallas took care of business like, like we thought they should have against the Giants. Of course, the Giants are getting decimated and losing players, but that was a, a byproduct of the game, I think, not not the cause of their loss, so to speak. Uh, also, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers took care of business, again, without Tuatunga, Violoa in Miami.
2: Yeah, sorry. Something we forgot to bring up. Well, not bring up last week, but it happened after our podcast last week was the releasing of Jalen Smith mm-hmm. for this team. He is now a Green Bay Packer. I'm not sure if he played. Are you sure, Tim?
1: Um, he did play, yes. Okay.
2: Well, he, he was released, but I know that Jabril Cox, who was drafted this year from LSU to replace or not to replace him, but he was on the depth chart, and now he has replaced him as he's been released. He played very well in that game, and I think it's great to see that they kind of got similar type of uh, play out of Jabril Cox that they did from uh, Jalen Smith.
0: Yeah, this is one of the, the casualties of, of you know recording a show between the games so that we can have the most up-to-date information as we can get. Unfortunately, we walked out of here and found that news was breaking, but... I mean, for as a Cowboys fan, I think it's long overdue. I think the best uh, representation I heard was on Fox Sports Radio. They had a guest on who basically said, if you're in the Cowboys locker room or you're familiar with those players, uh, it's not a surprise to anyone on the team that, that he was falling down as maybe the third, fourth, or fifth best linebacker on the team. So it's kind of a no-brainer for them. We, th- we thought about jumping in and doing you know a bonus episode to just unpack it because we saw so much social media about people being confused and why would Dallas take the hit. But, uh, Josh, you can unpack it a little bit, but I think it's a, it does make sense for Dallas to do it now. Why, why would you say it's a good call? Yeah, well, first off, he
2: was signed to the team for the next five years. So, obviously, a player that they didn't think they would need because of all the defense players that they drafted and how loaded they are in, on the depth chart for the linebacker room. Mm-hmm. And I think that was the biggest thing because they signed him to such a large deal for a long term that basically just cut the ties now, don't waste as much money. And just get rid of him. So I think that's it's all. It's all about the money, basically. Mm-hmm. He wasn't going to take a pay cut that large because yeah. they already gave him so much. And I believe he gets seven or nine million dollars just by getting released. So he made money, and he's obviously on his way to
0: Green Bay. And as a Packers fan, different perspective because I think it's a good call for us being that we have Van Der Esch and and Parsons and like you said, Cox. We have a few guys on the team that I think are are rising up. But from a Packers perspective, why is it a good call to take a chance on someone like Jalen?
1: Yeah, and so anyone that's followed the Packers or even been a casual fan knows offense is not our problem or or their problem, (laughs) I should say. Uh, Defense has always uh, been the struggle for the last you know, for however many years. And so having him in, we lost the Darius Smith, um, yeah. Packers did, I should say, and so um, having having another quality player in there. To me, the the thing that's shown some of these teams have caused them to rise to the top is depth and I think that that's the one thing we're seeing in the NFL. I know we're going to get to the Chiefs a little bit later on, and I, I'm anxious to talk about their depth because I feel like for these teams to make late runs, you need to have have multiple players that are actual starters that can jump in.
3: Yeah, and the reason the Bucks were so good last year is because they didn't have any injuries for their starters, right. so they didn't deal with yep. this depth problem. Mm-hmm. Until now, obviously their secondary is decimated with right. three or four injuries. So, yeah, like Tim was saying, depth is the number one, answer to winning championships and going far in the playoffs
2: yeah and I I was I was happy to see that Devon Dre Campbell almost closed out the game another linebacker for the Packers he almost closed out the game but obviously the kicking situation went south for both teams so he wasn't able to (laughs) close it out
0: yeah and I think uh, just to close out the Jalen Smith I think if you he's obviously healthy he's fully recovered I think that's not an issue so I think if you are Green Bay and you're looking for depth and give him a little extra time Perfect player. You bring him in at a little bit less money, obviously, than what he's making in Dallas. Take a chance. If he works out, you can always re-sign him next year. If he doesn't work out, then, of course, you took a shot. and It's not that big a game. And just to, to correct something I
1: said earlier, he was suited up for the game, but he was not active on Sunday, okay. so I'm, I apologize for yeah, that. Yeah, and another
3: reason why it was incentivized for Dallas to let him go was his contract. Yeah. If he did get hurt and had to be placed on IR, right. he would get all of his guaranteed money for the contract. So it was really
0: beneficial for him to be cut while he's healthy yeah and in fairness, Dallas has paid a lot of money and probably put too much money into that pot just to be fair yeah,
2: and as I was saying, as you're saying, the injury guarantee and then also the five years after this, basically, if they knew they were going to get rid of him early in the season, it was best to move on to from him now instead of holding it out while he knows it for the rest of the year.
0: yeah, so just to recap, obviously the Thursday night game, the Rams continued to roll. Um, Green Bay, of course, took care of that field goal miss fest over the Bengals there uh unfortunately detroit line fans you're gonna have to hold off for at least another it was week close because uh minnesota found a way to get it done pittsburgh and a ben roffisberger took care of business <laughs> <laughs> i laughed based on last week's uh dialogue of course the buccaneers uh, absolutely destroyed the miami dolphins saints over washington and a close one surprisingly jalen hurts takes care of the carolina panthers Uh, And, of course, we mentioned already that the Browns and – I keep wanting to say San Diego. I'm so old, guys. San Diego. (laughs) I mean, I can't get these names right. Uh, The Los Angeles Chargers pulled that one out. That one, to me, guys, was probably one of the most exciting because we've we've already established, all of us, that we feel like Baker, his ceiling is kind of low. But yet he was making plays. He He wasn't the problem. He was playing big time. Um, and I mean, then when your defense lets up over forty points, well, that's a problem. Herbert yeah. was throwing the ball anywhere he wanted, sometimes to wide open. Yeah. You know, Mike well, Williams. It was it was definitely
2: definitely Baker Mayfield's best game. We know we talked about it last week. Mm-hmm. He he only has two passing touchdowns on the year until last game or until the Chargers game, and it was great to see that he finally was able to match another team in the passing mm-hmm. game because the competition that they played earlier, they were not scoring as many points and they were kind of playing to their each each their own level yeah. scoring low 20s yeah. to i believe against the vikings they only scored like 14
0: and th- that was my point with baker like i we've always said it with this low ceiling we don't expect him to get in a game like he's not gonna get in a shootout with aaron Rodgers. well he got in a shootout with herbert and they both did really really well i was surprised that even though the uh, chicago offense still seems pretty anemic to me to be honest they were able to beat the raiders maybe maybe the distraction had already gone on there caused them to be distracted
2: yeah and it looks like I know you said anemic, but it looks like the offense, since they're not turning over the ball with Justin Herbert or not Justin Herbert, Justin Fields, mm-hmm. and the, the 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 offense is kind of playing at a solid tempo, not too fast, not getting the ball into the opposite team's hands very quickly. The defense is playing a lot better with Justin Fields because they're getting a lot more time to sit and rest in between the uh, the uh, offensive defense. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, and Matt Nagy looks like he's definitely slowing down the offense because I believe there's at least thirty-five to forty touches between the two running backs, which is mm-hmm. A really good way to, to make the offense control the game and slow it down for you to have your defense sitting out a little bit more.
0: Yeah, all in all, it was an excellent week of football once again. Week 5 is officially in the books. Josh, you had one more thing before we move on. Yes.
2: Yeah, sorry. It's We don't really have to hit on it, but I believe, or we forgot to say that another transaction that happened was Stefan Gilmore is now a Carolina Panther. Mm. I also don't know if he played on Sunday, but he was traded for a six-round pick to the Panthers. Might be a little surprising because of the type of player that he is, but he really wasn't going to be playing for the Patriots this year, so good pickup for the Panthers.
3: I believe he's still on an injury list of some sort. He's been dealing with some injuries, I know. He hasn't been playing. We'll have to
0: check it out and make an update on the
2: Instagram. Yeah, I think he was only able to be traded because he wasn't on injured reserve.
0: Right. Yeah, you have to clear. Yeah, I believe he has a few weeks till he does play, though. Yeah. yeah. All right, well, let's uh, let's look at the stats. It's a segment where we dive a little deeper into some interesting and telling stats. Josh, what do you have for us this week?
2: Yep, as we were talking about with the Packers and the Bengals, this is also, there was 26 missed kicks, field goals and extra points this week. That is the worst in NFL history for a single week. So mm. 26 mixed, missed kicks. And as well as we saw the Buccaneers, I believe, dropped 40, 49 points, something like that. Antonio Brown has now become the fastest receiver in NFL history to reach 900 receptions. He did it in 143 games versus Marvin Harrison's 149. As we know, Big Ben and Antonio Brown, Marvin Harrison, Peyton Manning, two of the likely best duos in NFL history as well, so it makes sense. And last night we saw that Lamar Jackson defeated the Indianapolis Colts. He was the first player <laughs> <Well said. laughs> was the first player in NFL history with 400 passing yards, 85% completion, and he went thirty-seven of forty-three, four hundred forty-two yards, sixty-two rushing, so five hundred four yards and four touchdowns. He had the best game for a quarterback ever for, for a four hundred yard game. As I said, thirty-seven passes, forty-three attempts, near perfect passer rating. Yeah, near perfect passer rating. It was Ooh. the best for someone that threw that many yards.
0: And at my expense, remember, and I'm in one lost half. my fantasy over this guy. Probably is the best half stat ever. Yeah, it has to. Be. It's gonna be hard to beat.
2: Yeah, and with that, putting up 500 yards last night, he has 18, or 1,860 yards combined scrimmage yards. That is more, better than 18 NFL teams this year. <laughs> that is unbelievable. Lamar, Lamar Jackson, not the Baltimore Ravens, has yeah. been better than 18 Oof. NFL teams in yards. Wow. Now,
1: yes. I'm not sure if you caught this. The only negative for the Ravens yes. was the the streak was snapped. Did oh you yeah, this? yeah. That, unbelievable. They had 43 games in a row. I mm-hmm. believe. I'm not impressed turns. with their
0: broadcasting crew anymore at all. Mm-hmm. Let's just say at all. Like mm-hmm. it's hard for us sometimes to listen to ESPN and watch right. the really silly graphics. <laughs> and at one point he said, uh, "You know, these coaches couldn't care less about that. Re- of course they care about right. the record. Yeah. That's yes. ridiculous. That's They'd right. love to get the record and the win. That's I right. think
2: it's always interesting to see that those records are either." They're always tied. They're not always mm-hmm. broken. They tie with the Steelers, I think, for 43 games. Mm-hmm. And they really couldn't get the ball rolling at all on the ground other than Lamar Jackson who had 60 rushing yards. Yeah. It's a pretty bad rushing game for them that game, obviously. And for the last one, uh, Davis Mills, as we know, played very well against the patriots He had the best game for a rookie quarterback this year 29 or 21 of 29 312 yards three touchdowns zero interceptions he had the second best passer rating of the week behind tom brady and ahead of lamar jackson with 141.7
0: let's go so do we have an answer is he our the guy there in houston <sighs> is he the guy i think barring a court ruling He's the answer right now. Well, let's because we're going to talk about him in a few minutes. But what a yeah a courtroom. What's the status on Watson? Any change at all?
2: No change as of now. I think th- they stated they're willing to trade him for three firsts and two seconds or whatever it was before the season. Obviously, that could have changed now, but he's been he's been an active before the season or the week even starts every week.
0: Do we have a firm date on the trade deadline when it's over? Uh, November. Or
2: November early November.
0: So we got a month to get something done.
2: Mm-hmm. But I think Davis Mills. If you look at the Tyrod Taylor history, whenever he gets hurt, franchise quarterback steps in. So yep. if you're going based off that, I'd say yeah, but no.
1: He's the next Justin Herbert. <laughs> Nobody makes starting quarterbacks quite like Tyrod, Tyrod Taylor.
3: Taylor. How many is there now? There's Josh Allen, there's Baker Mayfield, there's Justin Herbert, and now this guy and
0: yeah. now, wow. Davis. Mills, Just in the past four years. Right. Just off the top of our head. I'm sure if we researched it we'd yeah. find Whoever even more. gets Tyrod next year, they're getting a yeah. quarterback.
2: <laughs> well, I think I think similarly to Trey Lance, you when you look at Davis Mills Highly touted high school prospect, as we've been saying, he was the number one prospect for his class, but the year before Trevor Lawrence. And I think because of injuries at Stanford, he wasn't getting, he didn't get a lot of playing time. So similarly to Trey Lance, he really hasn't played enough college games or enough NFL games to really be to know what he is completely. And I think that it's good to see him playing now. He obviously had his worst game last week and the best rookie performance this year, this week. And I think it's it's inspiring to see as a Texans fan for all that's happening with the team and kind of how boring the theme is and i think i think (laughs) i think it's i it's hard to say right now but he obviously played very well and i like davis mills so we're going to
0: talk more about him uh in our buy or sell i have something for you there so all right well let's take a look then into week six as we do each week let's go ahead and let's dial in our lock of the week anybody want to jump into their lock
1: yeah, I'll jump right in. I, I think Tampa Bay Buccaneers at Philly Thursday night, Oof, they are a lock. Tampa Bay just looks unstoppable right now. I Yes, they've been decimated with, with some injuries, but they are still looking unstoppable in my opinion.
0: Can I just say good job, NFL, with your evening game so far? They've all been mm, really good. Been other things. than the storm delays in Vegas and, right. and last night. And, you know, The already, dome storms? Yeah, it's like, <laughs> what's going on with that? Uh, yeah. The games have been really good, good matchups for sure. I have Minnesota over Carolina. I
3: think Carolina is still banged up secondary wise and then Kirk Cousins has been lighting it up this year. He's been near perfect in most games and he's been Justin Jeffersons I believe has had 400-yard games in a row or something crazy. Adam Thielen obviously and I think Dalvin Cook's back this game so I think it's going to be really good for Minnesota's offense against this beat up Panthers defense.
0: Yeah, if uh I you know I'm struggling because there's a couple teams and I hate to give like easy ones. I try to look a little deeper than that. But uh I really think for me and I know that I say it's. I don't want to give an easy one, uh, but Houston's been playing really well, surprisingly well. Like they they took uh they took the old coach to the first half. It looked like they were gonna gonna ream him. It took some good coaching to come back last week with New England. Uh, I think Indianapolis will cover and beat Houston. What's uh, the spread? Right now it's at ten. Yeah, ten. Woo. But I think, I, guys, I keep seeing the Colts of what they can be if they actually had Jonathan Taylor on the field if they, for more than if a few plays. Yeah, if they gave him more than five touches. And yeah. if uh, if uh, their quarterback actually was able to to stay upright. Um, I see them as such a, a team with weapons that can really do it. So I'm going to I'm gonna lock in the Colts for a win.
3: I feel bad for Carson Wentz. I feel like he's a little cursed because he got <laughs> traded to the Colts or picked up by the Colts, and they are like, the best O-line in the league, and he's going to a great O-line. And the moment he gets there, four of them are injured. And he yep. sprains
0: two. Who sprains two, two ankles. ankles? I've never heard of double ankles. He can't catch a, break. No, can't catch a break. Normally one's enough to take you down. Right. Two is, that's a curse. That's yeah, a curse. they're
2: also rushed Eric Fisher back from an injury last year when he was with the Chiefs. They're rushing him back in because they don't have a left tackle now. <laughs> so he's playing and not really playing well. But with that said, the Colts are also my lock. And I've, I, I'm not going to go with just that one because that's also what you said. I'm also going to go with the Rams over the Giants. And the Chiefs are finally going to win a game over the Washington football team. Those are my locks for the week.
0: All right. What about upsets? I can jump in. Uh, as much as we love and we have hyped up the Baltimore uh, Ravens. See, I'm old. I almost said Baltimore Colts just from, from memory. <laughs> You're not that old. I'm not that old. <laughs> yeah, but I'm barely old enough for that one. Um, Baltimore is the favorite. So I think the Chargers continue rolling. They come in, and they take care of business uh, in Baltimore. So I got the Chargers as an upset. Who wants the next one? I'll take it. I'm having Detroit over Cincinnati. I
3: think Detroit's been playing very well outside the second half of that Packers game. They've been playing very good. It's been close. They've been biting kneecaps, as he would say. (laughs) I think that Cincinnati is weak against running backs. They've actually allowed, I believe it's... The highest catches per running back they've played in the season so far. So, like, last year, A.J. Dillon, I believe, had eight, six or eight catches. So DeAndre Swift is very good at catching the football, and Jamal Williams is a great 1B option there. I think that Cincinnati does not have an answer for either of them.
1: Yeah, to piggyback off of that, you know, I'm sure, Caleb, you feel like Detroit – is just bound to win at at one of these points because they're getting so close. Yep. I, I'm not as confident with my upset pick because they haven't been as close, but I, I just for the sake of they, they're bound to win at some point, and I think this could be their week. I'm going to go with the Jacksonville Jaguars I'm hosting Miami. I don't like this Miami team at all. I think we have not spoken about them too much this year, but they have underachieved maybe more than any other team in football as far as what our expectations were, or at least what my expectations were for them coming into the season versus what they've actually done. I know two has been out, but that's just not a very good football team, and I think if Jacksonville is going to win one, like literally one, it could be this one this week.
2: Yeah. Okay, well for me I'm going to say I, I, I was surprised to see that they were an upset, but I'm going to go with the Cardinals over the Browns. As we know the Cardinals are undefeated right now, but they have they have a better defense. They have more points or more points per game, more yards per game. Basically every stat other than sacks because of Miles Garrett, they're better at. And I just think it's a better team. I think the streak continues and they kind of had a cold running game last week as well. Chase Edmonds didn't really get going and the receiving game didn't really going. They, they only had 17 points, I believe. And I think this is a bounce-back game for them, and I don't think the Browns are going to hold up two games in a row against these two offenses.
0: i got to be honest. I'm a little surprised that Cleveland is favored, just to be to be fair. Yeah. Well, I, I think
2: they are at home. Yeah, I think it's also because the Cardinals really haven't scored that many points over the last two games as well.
0: I think for me what's hard, and even talking about like Jackson and, and his heroic game uh, last night, I look at players like him and, and Murray, and I don't see the conventional strong arm stand in the pocket. You know, you're Josh Allen which Josh is a little more athletic than maybe some quarterbacks when I look back, but they're not typical stay in the pocket quarterbacks. And I think a lot of people can scrutinize them because they're quick to take to their legs or they throw the ball a little unorthodox. But what I'm learning as a football fan is this is probably the new wave of quarterback. This is now going to become maybe the rule instead of the exception, because I don't love, I was telling you, Caleb, I don't love watching Murray throw the ball. I know you guys love the way he throws it to me. Sometimes it looks like he throws, just throws it and Hopkins goes up and gets it in coverage. And it's not smart. But he's getting it done. So who am I to throw, you know, to throw stones? I mean, these guys, wow, the athleticism is out of this world.
2: Yeah, and you're saying unconventional. I think that's more or less what you're saying. It is the future because yeah. you look at Lamar Jackson. I believe he's 24. Kyler Murray, 23. Josh Allen, 24, 25. This is the future of the NFL. These three mm-hmm. guys, for the most part, and it's pretty exciting to see. the the different type of play styles you're saying
0: well you're seeing poor steve young which again he's (laughs) talking head he's just screaming because they're not going through their you know their steps and they're not taking you know looking the way that he looked when he was taught to play the position so
2: yeah and there was something before the season where jeremy fowler one of the writers or uh reporters for the nfl was saying he thinks this is the year that people will finally figure out lamar jackson we obviously see that that is not the case again (laughs) he's a way
0: better passer than people think well, we've mm-hmm. always said that we watched him in college just yeah. throw down. He won field. a Heisman, yeah, being a quarterback throwing dimes, yeah, yeah, not running the football. That was a <laughs> he, he ran a lot in college. He a did, ton. but he won the Heisman dropping dimes, yeah, yeah, not breaking ankles, which he's capable of both. Okay, so let's move in. We got everybody's upset in. Let's move down to hot takes. Who's got a hot take you want to share with me?
3: Ooh, this one,
0: y'all can roast me for it. I think Najee Harris has more yards
3: than Seattle has passing. So I believe he'll have scrimmage yards,
1: not just rushing yards. I think he'll
3: have more than Geno Smith will throw. Ooh, okay. That's a hot take.
1: And I'm actually going to tag right on to that with you, Kayla, because I love that matchup for Najee Harris. Um, I think he, my hot take is that he runs for or rushes for over 200 yards because Mm. Seattle has not been able to stop anybody. I actually think if I remember correctly, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think Seattle's best game this year has been allowing 112 rushing yards. Mm. That's their best game, yeah. <laughs> and so Najee Harris, he he's a beast, man. He and it's not just your, it's not just Pittsburgh handing him the ball, and because the other teams are weak, you see it when they have their other running backs in, Snell and Balaj, they can't do what what Harris can do, and and Harris just that burst of speed, and I think he just runs wild at home on Sunday night.
2: Yeah, and with that as well, I want to see what the Seahawks can do with Geno Smith. As we know, Russell Wilson is no longer going to be playing probably for the rest of the year or majority of the year. But they've been one of the worst scoring teams in the second half, and if the Steelers are up on a big lead in the first half, the team by the history of the season is not going to produce in the second half. You might see a lot more running than usual by the Steelers as well.
3: Yeah, and to piggyback off what Tim said with Najee Harris and the Pittsburgh run game, we saw last year they were dead last in every running Mm -hmm. rushing stat the other people on that team can't do what he's been doing this year he's been very good in the terrible situation he has been with that o-line
2: yeah and i think last game he had 122 rushing yards i believe 122 rushing yards i think that was the best since that chargers game that james Conner had in 2019 for the steelers and uh i think james Conner he barely had 100 rushing yards so it's the best rushing performance and the best running back they've had in two years so
0: Uh, For me, I think my hot take, uh, I love watching Jalen Hurts uh, start to figure it out. I've said all along, I think he got a bad deal last year and with the coaching change and everything going on there, excuse me, I love watching him uh, blossom and and make people uh, see that he's a talented guy. So that said, hot take, I think he will throw more touchdown passes than the red hot Tom Brady. I think that he'll go head to head and he'll make that a game. He's going to have to because Tempe's going to come in and try to put it on him. And I think Jalen will do everything he can to compete. I say he throws more touchdowns than Tom. Brady. So you're saying are the Bucks still winning? Yeah, oh yeah, Bucks aren't losing. <laughs> so you're saying Ryan
3: Suckup's going to win the game for him?
0: I can't even put faith in uh, or Leonard Fournette. Nowadays. Every kicker's either hurt or just misses. So, so. Leonard Fournette rushes a touchdown in. Okay, I, I don't know about the outcome. Uh, I'm just the Bucks will win. I'm just look. My hot take is Hurts will have more touchdowns okay. than Tom Brady in that game.
2: <laughs> okay. Well, for me. I don't know if this has ever happened before, but I believe this is a great scenario for it to happen. I think that the Baltimore Ravens and the Chargers will go for over 1,000 yards again in this game. Two back-to-back 1,000-yard games for the Chargers, or overall in one game, but 1,000 yards back-to-back two games.
0: Let's unpack this one for a second, because we just said that Cleveland was able to go Mm toe-to-toe and grind it out with the red-hot Chargers offense. Is Baltimore, based on last night, going to do that? Because a slow start against the Chargers could be the kiss of death for them. They keep their, Are you their,
3: sponsored by tamales or something? Hot what? tamales? You keep saying red hot. I don't know. <laughs> I said like four times. <laughs> I'm yeah. just messing I'm, with I'm you. I'm just excited. I think we saw Lamar on Monday put the team on his back and throw for 400 yards yeah. and a half pretty much. In so a half. If Herbert is scoring every drive like he did last week against the Browns, mm-hmm. then it's definitely going to be like that.
2: Yeah, and I think that the rushing or 100 yards rushing is going to restart for the Ravens. The Chargers could not hold back Kareem Hunt or Nick Chubb. Both were basically running back ones for for last game. And I think it's going to continue with this Ravens team. I know Latavius Murray hasn't been very explosive, but I think that they'll go for over 100 again. I think it's going to be a big running game for both teams.
1: For me, this is going to be a prove-it game. I want to see Baltimore play a great team in the Chargers. I Right now, I have the Chargers as one of my top four teams in the entire league. Mm-hmm. One, they're just fun to watch. Herbert's amazing. But I want to see how Baltimore does. Yeah, we. I get what they did last night. But again, should they have fallen, down, fallen behind 22-3? to Probably not. I mean, it was an exciting, emotional win for them last night. But I want to see how they match up at home uh, taking on what I consider to be one of the top teams in the league. So it'll, it'll be a good show-me uh, performance, hopefully, for Baltimore. Yeah, I like that.
2: Yep, and with last night's game, I believe Sammy Watkins always left or er, left with an injury as well. Mm. And I think you also see Rashad Bateman, rookie receiver drafted in the first round, will also be in for his first game against the Chargers. You get to see his first look there with replacing probably Sammy Watkins in this game. The Golden Gopher. Mm-hmm. Golden Gopher. Here he comes, Minnesota.
0: <laughs> Watch out. All right, with that, we're going to move into a segment we call Educated Guests. Caleb is going to walk us through some waiver wire ideas that are probably not on top of your list, but you should take serious anyway. Caleb, what do you got for us this week? I'm going to list the obvious. They're not part
3: of my list, but Devontae Booker, Saquon did roll his ankle pretty bad. He's probably out two to four weeks. If They haven't released much on it because Joe Judge likes keeping everything close to his chest. Mm-hmm. So we'll figure that mo- more later down the week. I'm going to start number five with Dan Arnold. He's a tight end for Jacksonville. Not very popular pickup, but he did have six catches last week on eight targets for 64 yards. He actually led the Jacksonville Jaguars in wide receiver yards, or in just yards in general, receiving yards. He's 5% owned in Yahoo League, so he's available in 95% of leagues. So make sure you look for him, especially when bye weeks start rolling in. I know Pitts and Kittle's on IR, but Pitts Mm -hmm. is on a, a bye week, so... This guy could help you out this week as a streamer. Number four, Adam Humphreys. He is the slot receiver for the Washington football team. Curtis Samuel has re-aggravated an injury, and now he has a groin injury, so he's going to be out sometime. He had five targets for 73 yards last game. He's 1% owned in Yahoo, and he plays the Chiefs, who've been giving up a ton of yards. The Packers, which is a little bit tighter, and then Denver, has been giving up yards. We watched Pittsburgh last week tear him up. So look for Adam Humphreys on your waiver wire. Number three, Amon Ross St. Brown. He's 3% owned. He is a wide receiver for the Lions. The Lions wide receiver core is in the hospital, apparently. Everyone on their team is hurt wide receiver-wise. In the last two weeks, he's had 16 targets, 13 catches, 135 yards. So for PPR, he's very reliable for getting those targets, especially now with Cephas and Williams on IR. Number two, Mo Alley-Cox. Like I said before with Dan Arnold, tight ends are going to start getting skimpy with these bye weeks coming in. But Mo Alley... Is available in 97% of leagues. He's 3% owned. In the last two weeks, he's had nine targets for 92 yards and two touchdowns. So he's a big target. I believe he's 6'4", 290. He's a massive man. He's going to be on the field a lot because he's of the blocking that they need for the Colts because their O-line is so bad right now because of injuries. So look for him. And number one, I have Donovan Peoples-Jones from the Browns. Let's go. We're watching Baker finally have shootouts and finally throw the ball more. He's 1% owned, so he's available in 99% of leagues in Yahoo. He plays 60 for 60% of snaps every game this year, so he's on the field a ton. I believe he is their wide receiver, too, since Landry's been hurt. He just hasn't done much because of the team and the labor ma- issues with Baker Mayfield. Last game, he had six targets, five catches, 70 yards. And OBJ has never really been the guy here since he's been traded to the Cleveland. It's always been Landry, and then when Landry's on the field, OBJ kind of goes off because of the coverage changes. But look for DPJ. He's been on the field a ton this year, and I think he's finally going to break out.
0: All right, run them back down for us one more time. Five to
3: one. Here we go. Number five, Dan Arnold. Four, Adam Humphreys. Three, Amon Ross St. Brown. Two,
0: Mo Cox; And one, Donovan Peoples-Jones. Love it. Thank you, Caleb. Our next segment is one we do each week called Buy or Sell. It's very simple. I ask a – or I don't ask. I do that every week, too. I make a simple statement, and then I ask the guys if they are buying or selling. So first off, The Kansas City Chiefs are in trouble. Tim, are you buying or selling?
1: Uh, I've been thinking about this. Are are they in (laughs) trouble? They're they're not the best team in their division, for Pete's Mm. sake. They're Mm -hmm. they're not the team that they were. However, in football, to me, if you can just make it to the dance, if you can make it to the playoffs, anything could happen. So am I going to say they're in trouble? I'm selling on that because when you have the best quarterback, yep, even as a Packers fan, I'm going to throw out that Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback right now in the NFL. Uh, you, you can't say your team's in trouble. But I will say that they are clearly a flawed team. They are clearly a beatable team. But do they still have a shot to win it all? Absolutely. They're, they'll make it. So, But are they in trouble? I'm going to sell on that. <sighs> is it hard to answer these questions? Yeah. No. I'm, I'm going to buy. I think the
3: Chiefs should be a little bit worried mainly because of the guy named justin herbert that they have to play against he's gonna probably take the reins of this division and run with it right now he looks unstoppable as we saw against cleveland last week but they're pretty beat up on offense they just lost clyde for probably a month minimum because he's on ir and he could be more we don't know the extent of the sprain on his mcl and Tariq hills dealing with some knee issues that he's had his whole career starting to flare up knee tendinitis and then also kelsey got a concussion in this game so we don't know how long he's going to be out Mahomes, the past few weeks to me, when I watch him, he just looks flustered. He looks a little different. I don't really know what's up. He's been making some weird decisions. And in the game where he fumbled, or last game, he fumbled the ball, and he just kind of watched it roll around on the ground. And I don't like that as a a fan watching players, Mm -hmm. but they need to figure it out. And their defense is pretty banged up. I see... um, the honey badger getting pretty upset with his defense, looking around, especially things that he does wrong. He blames the team for right. it, so it's, it's kind of frustrating to see. They should be a little worried, but Andy Reid should ring him in a little bit, rein him in, I should say. So I, I'm I'm buying that they should be worried.
0: Josh, what do you think?
2: Yeah, as Tim was saying, this is kind of the worst. The, the team that they've had with Patrick Mahomes, they have not been performing, obviously, very well. And Caleb said there's also injuries on both sides of the ball, obviously to the running back and to the receivers, as well as t- uh, Travis Kelsey. While it not, might not be major, they could also miss this game. Uh, their defense has been terrible. I think they allowed the most points per game as a defense, and their offense hasn't been quite able to match it because of the competition that they have played. They have played some of the best teams in the AFC, and they have obviously lost those games. So their schedule will not be that hard coming forward. With those teams, and I think they have a lot easier schedule coming up. So they will win a couple of games, more than likely all of them coming up here, next four games. And I think that they will bounce back. I don't think they're in trouble, but this is the worst team that they've had in the last three years.
0: Yeah, something's definitely different. I can't, like you said, there's some injuries, although I'm not sure that their running back position was very good when it was healthy. Um, <laughs> I, I, I think you hit it on the head too, Caleb. I think Mahomes just looks flustered. There's definitely something different. And not to mention their entire division has upped the ante. So they have to continue to keep pace. So at this point, I would say I am also um, I'm buying. They're in trouble.
2: Yeah, and as well as you've been saying that the running game has not been quite that good this year, it has not. But there's also connections and a possible player they could trade for in Marlon Mack. There's connections with the Eagles from Andy Reid and Frank Reich as a possible trade target, as well as Chris Ballard, connections to the Chiefs. He used to work for the Chiefs. So they're all kind of intertwined there. Between the Colts, Eagles, and the Chiefs all being there. Mm-hmm. And I believe majority of the Chiefs staff was also with the Eagles with Frank Reich. So they all kind of know each other. And it's obviously Marlon Mack would look to like to be traded because he wants to get an opportunity. Sure. And he looks to be fully healthy from his torn Achilles last year. Played pretty well against the Ravens with the touches that he had. I think that's a big possible spot for them. I believe there's also a rumor that they have contacted the Colts for him. So look out for Marlon Mack as a possible target for the Chiefs.
0: All right. Next one. Here we go. Jamar Chase really is a top 10 wide receiver option buying or selling here go the, here go the deep breaths i'll
1: kick it off i'm buying okay and i'm buying it for for this reason one he's clearly got talent mm-hmm. is he the number one no of course he's not but but when you look at some top 10 receivers you look at a adams a hill a d hop a, a digs what do they all have in common a, a stellar incredible top quarterback you, you know, Adams has got Rodgers, Hill's got Mahomes, D-Hop's got Kyler, uh, um, Diggs has got Allen. And I think Jamar Chase with, with, um, with Joe Burrow, they are up and coming. I, I, I really like this tandem. I, I've been watching a few Bengals games, which I can't say I've been doing that very often the last few years. But I've, I've caught a few this year where I've watched them carefully. I really like this guy a lot. Uh, speed. Um, I think he's just going to continue to get better, and so I'm buying.
0: I'm going to jump in because my guys here laugh at me when I make this analogy all the time. In my era, and and now in any era, the greatest wide receiver of all time, you ask people, is going to be what? Jerry Rice. Jerry Rice. I've adamantly disagreed because, sure, he was on a great team. Sure, he got opened up top a lot. I don't remember tons of games where he was the absolute difference maker, big play guy. I always make this analogy. I'll make it again. If you've never seen the sport and you're watching people play, everyone knew the first time they saw Michael Jordan, he was the alpha out there, right? Didn't always seem that way with Jerry Rice to me. That said, a guy like Megatron, Randy Moss, you know, even Michael Irvin, he was aggressive and he looked like one of the better players on the field. Right. I don't know how talented I think that Chase is. I see a guy who's comfortable with his college roommate mm-hmm. or, or room right. friend at least, you mm-hmm. know, yep. they have chemistry immediately. And I see very well-planned plays that get him open outside or up top. That's right. That doesn't demonstrate talent to me. That demonstrates an ability to get between the, the zones and to make some good plays. It's a chemistry thing. I'm not ready to anoint him yet. I'm selling. I need to see more. I need to see him go off, like Hopkins and, right. and Rodgers. Those guys, that you mentioned, right. You know, there's some really good players that make a difference, like, like I said, D-Hops.
1: And my only counter to that would be right now, and again, we're only five or six weeks into a season, but – but right now, he's becoming their number one option, and so these teams are putting their number one cornerbacks on him,
3: and 100%. he's putting up the numbers. And he's getting and open. so
0: Right. Yeah, I agree totally with that.
3: I am going to sell. I just I haven't been a fan since college, really. Mm-hmm. I think he's kind of overhyped. He want, he runs go routes most of the time. Right. And he, get, he gets jammed a lot in press coverage, which is hard to, for me to like a guy as far as talent. For fantasy, sure, he's a top ten option. Sure. He's been doing it every week. But as a football player... I'm selling. I don't think he's that good. I think his stats are kind of overhyping him a little bit because he kind of melts when he gets the ball in his hand if he's not already free past the defenders, which he does a lot. That's that's part of his game, and he's great at that. But as an overall receiver, I would like to see more routes run off the route tree. I'd like to see more things yeah, done rather agree. than go
1: routes. and. Yeah, and just to, to piggyback it, I took the question as in fantasy. So I I agree with you from that, Caleb. I I, I think he is a top 10 receiver. That's where I'm buying in fantasy. In real life, eh,
3: yeah. Yeah, so I'll make the distinction. In fantasy, I'm buying because he's been putting up the numbers and he has that upside for fantasy. I think he's a rich man's Robbie Anderson, like a way better Robbie Anderson. He plays the same way, just goes streaking down the field, catches the ball for a touchdown. Mm -hmm. But as far as a talented receiver, I'm not going to buy him going to sell for that. Because he does kind of melt when he gets the ball in his hands if he's playing the short game.
2: Yeah, yeah, I'm going to sell from a real life standpoint. I think, I mean, it's kind of biased for me because I'm more of like a, I like more of a technician type receiver. I like the Rashad Batemans, the great route runners, players like that. That's kind of what attracts me more to the talented receivers. It's probably why I wasn't as high on Jamar Chase as majority, but I think they can't. The, you can't go away from the fact from the big playability. He obviously has big playability. He only has 20-some catches and 480 yards. The big plays are there, and I think while those are the most unlikely plays for a quarterback or for an offense as the go route and the, the deep shots, obviously that's what those are the very exciting unlikely plays in a game. He's been hitting them every game. And I think, I think from the standpoint, I think people need to slow down a little bit with the Randy Moss or Jerry Rice comparisons. He's had, a lot, he's had very good games, and I know he's mm-hmm. been a very good rookie. But I think we need to slow it down a little bit. The team also isn't the 49ers, one of the best franchises, one of the best teams of all time, with two Hall of Fame quarterbacks. This is Joe Burrow, who's putting up similar stats to not elite quarterbacks, and I think that we just need to see overall improvement from the team. He is playing very good, but I don't think that he's a top-ten option.
3: And also, sorry to burst people's bubbles who own him are really high on him. His schedule has been one of the easiest as Mm -hmm. far as secondaries he's played. He's played Minnesota, Chicago, Pittsburgh, Jacksonville, and then just recently played Green Bay, with Higgins on the field with him, and I believe Jair is dealing with some issues with his leg, so it it hasn't been a fair assessment to see right. what he's what he gets with top tier corners. So. Right.
2: Yeah, and it's also it's he came into the league and basically got handed the job like a veteran, which is what you do not see for most rookies as sure for any position for the most part. Even Trevor Lawrence, he he ha, or not the snap count, but he's been struggling. Yeah. Right. But the snap count for Jamar Chase has been up there with veterans and that's why you might see the stats at the beginning first five games are comparable to other elite prospects like Randy Moss because they're getting the equal playing time like veterans as rookies doesn't really happen we saw with AJ Brown and DK Metcalf that didn't even happen and they're one of the league's best already we saw Justin Jefferson didn't even play his first three games in NFL so I think it's to kind of judge it off the first few games he's obviously super impressive but you're also comparing very short stats for very few players with, between Jamar Chase and the elite players,
0: yeah. And before we get roasted on Instagram or from anybody sending us messages, I listen. Jerry Rice is. I'm not taking anything away from him. It's just I think we have a tendency. We talked about this in an earlier episode. One, we have a tendency now to anoint a goat like they're the goat instead of realizing that so many people have played this position. You know, we're talking about wide receiver at a high level. As far as the argument for Jerry Rice, I can't just in my own mind. I can't justify the guy with the most numbers is the most talented. If that's the case, Emmett Smith is the best running back of all time. And he's not. He's on a top ten list for sure. And I put Jerry Rice right there. I've just seen guys, in my my own opinion, that look like they are more talented at getting open, running routes, the complete package, more than Jerry Rice. And it's a short list, you know? It's definitely a short list.
2: Yeah, and I'm not saying that he's like this player, but I think a Tariq Hill. I can never put a Devontae Adams or DeAndre Hopkins behind a Tariq Hill mm-hmm. because of the type of receiver that exactly. I appreciate. I th- I'm not taking away from Tariq Hill. He's obviously an anomaly. There's not very few players in NFL history like him. I just think that I gravitate more towards traditional route runners, uh, beaters on routes.
0: I think it's just a great – i just that's just the way how I would work. Yeah, as a Cowboy fan, you think I—you know—Emmitt missed the go. No. Yes, he's rushed for more yards than any running back. And very few people have had anywhere near as many touchdowns as Emmitt Smith. And those are great. But, again, the eyeball test. You watch him in a Super Bowl. He's not even the best running back in those games sometimes. I mean, Thurman Thomas is maybe more talented a back. You know, Bills fans don't eat that up too much, but it's true. Uh, And he played against Barry Sanders, for Pete's sake, who was arguably the most fun running back ever to put on a pair of cleats to watch. So, anyway, and we're not by any means saying that Chase is one of the greats yet. It's just we, we tend to get excited when players are overhyped because of success, and we don't really know the cause of that success.
2: Yeah, and that's basically what I was saying. We're, we're not trying to like backpedal or anything. We're trying to explain our thought process, and that's why we just don't think that he's necessarily a top 10 real-life option yet. He's obviously super explosive, and he's shown that early on, but I just we just don't think he's top ten as of now.
3: Yeah, yeah I had a disagreement with somebody about Kamara being mm-hmm. the best running back before the season started, him being the R B one for this year. And I said he had six touchdowns in one game, so you can't really base that off like consistency or anything. Right. And his counter argument was, Well, he had him anyway. So that's it doesn't really work for me like that. I would like yeah. to see consistency instead of everything in one game. But yeah. Jamar Chase right now has been very consistent for fantasies, very good for fantasy. I'm just curious to see if he can keep it up against harder matchups
0: yeah it's weird. You even go back to the Emmett you know and uh Thurman and, and Sanders and all those guys. there was no goat conversation like each year it was great to see which one of those guys would win the rushing title and if one did, the other two weren't suddenly garbage. but I think in this culture now, right. whoever's we on top on is king, yeah, and everyone else is crap and that's that's unfortunate. All right, let's move on to number three. Big Ben, we're seeing a revival in Big <laughs> Ben right now. <laughs>
1: I am selling, selling, selling and let me tell you why. His not that not that QBR is everything, but <laughs> let me tell you. His QBR this year 84 84 87 71 78 and his revival this past week was 120 <laughs> <Let's> against <go. laughs> the Denver Broncos. Yep. Look his stats for the year six touchdowns, four interceptions. He's he's
2: done. How many uh, games how, how many guy, games has uh, he played? 5 every game. That's my point. (laughs) Yeah, it's a quick answer for me as well. Uh, I'm just going to say no. We talked about it last week. He's barely better than rookie quarterbacks, and they haven't really won any games. We covered all his stats last week. Mm -hmm. If you haven't heard him, go back and listen to it. He's As Tim just laid out, six touchdowns in five games, not good from a Hall of Fame type player. He just hasn't been good. And what I like to see, however, is that earlier in the game, they're actually taking shots to Deontay Johnson, and it's worked the last two games. He scored a deep touchdown in both games, and that's what you want to see. They haven't been as aggressive as an offense. That's probably what Big Ben needs to be good again because he's been they've kind of been shaping the offense to be dump-offs and kind of slow down the offense. Big Ben just wants to chuck the ball, let him do it. Whatever happens, happens. Big Ben hasn't been great, but the, the big shots have been his best thing. <sighs>
3: I always think about these kids hard. I say no. He's not revived. <laughs> You're I mean, last week we were talking about, it. I think two or three rookie quarterbacks are already outperforming him for the year. Mm-hmm. And that's not acceptable for the Steelers. I think he's, obviously he was a great quarterback up until the past two years or so because his, his age is catching up with him. But he's just not, he's not good. He's going to have some pops like this where he does mm-hmm. good. Because he is a good, smart quarterback. Mm-hmm. It's just his arm and his his body's not really agreeing with his brain. Yeah. So I, I think we'll see a couple more games like this, but I think he's done after this year.
1: Still. Yeah. When if you listen to any Pittsburgh radio out in Pittsburgh, their diehard <laughs> fans are calling for them to make a trade for Aaron Rodgers, <laughs> and so wow. when, when they're when they're already ready to jump ship five games in, and, and th- those are some pretty hardcore fans there. They they know it. They'll win. They'll win this weekend because they have Seattle, and they'll win some more games this year because they have a good, a great running back, in my opinion, Najee Harris, um, and they have a very good coach. But um, yeah, Ben's done. Yeah,
3: I'm, I would like to see what Dwayne Haskins can do. He can throw the deep ball like Big Ben right now. Probably better than Big Ben right now. I'm just curious if if we start losing games, getting stacked on losses, they're probably going to win at Seattle, like Tim said. But if they start losing, I would be curious to see what they have in Dwayne before the draft comes next year because they're probably going to be a middle round pick and there's not really going to be good quarterbacks there and I think it's going to be a really light quarterback class probably three or four guys that are worth getting in the first round
2: yeah and as you're saying with Dwayne Haskins the reason why he was drafted he was obviously a one-year you could say one-year wonder at Ohio State he basically broke every record in a season for Ohio State he holds most yards and most games like From all the lists, most yards in a game stacked, he's like 9 of 10. He he, he was very good there, and I think when he came to the NFL, he immediately kind of played like safe football. He wasn't playing the type of football that he played at Ohio State. And I think if they can get that out of Dwayne Haskins, he could be a solid starter, but I don't think he's the long-term option. But I'd like to see him actually play closer to how he played in college instead of kind of a safe
0: player. A totally different player.
1: Yeah, I, I agree. I think we're all kind of in agreement. Yeah, Ben was a great yeah. quarterback, but you know, all these guys—they they reached their time at some point, and it's just, you know, part of getting older. It doesn't mean he's—it doesn't diminish in any way what he's been able to do. But I, I
0: yeah, I think his I, I time's th- up. The real challenge will be: can he, if the Steelers are in a situation at the end of the season mm-hmm. to make any type of run effort? can he dig deep enough to be old Ben because We've said this before, too. He's really had the, the younger Ben Roethlisberger that made a lot of mistakes and, and you know had success early but didn't necessarily earn it. Then the veteran guy who played the middle of his career, and we've seen some sketchy play between coordinators and play calls and just mental things. So my question is, Ben, we know you're a savvy veteran. Can you pull it together if your team's in a position that they need you to?
2: I think the biggest thing for Ben is having a reliable option. Mm-hmm. He obviously had Antonio Brown we talked about earlier one of the better duos of all time, quarterback-receiver. And obviously, he he's trying to establish a duo with Deontay Johnson, I believe. You saw in the game where Deontay was out this year that he threw 19 targets or something to Najee Harris. He needs a target to throw to, mm-hmm. and Deontay Johnson is one of the target leaders in the NFL because of that. And I think that basically he's going to have to stay alive because of one target, which is Deontay Johnson.
3: Yeah, when you watch Drew Brees last year when he kind of fell off a cliff like this, he did have a couple games where he popped back out and mm-hmm. you saw... Vintage Drew Brees. Same with Peyton. Yeah, you start seeing that happen when you start falling off. You have really bad games, are a, a old school game like you used to do, and then a bad game again, mm-hmm. and then that's what Big Ben's probably going to do the rest of the year if he doesn't entirely fall off a cliff. But I think this is his last year. Yeah,
1: and and you hope you hope just like as a fan of football, you hope that that player knows how to gracefully exit because we've seen it done well, <laughs> and we've seen it done not well, and it really can um, set a set an organization back. Many, many years if, if things are not handled correctly. and so
0: Yeah, I think Coach will make that call for him. I don't think they'll be – I think this organization is, is strong enough that, Absolutely. that this is a good one to make Absolutely. that call.
2: I think you're going to have to see something like very, very bad Big Ben to see him bench this year if he's not injured because every time he gets sacked he looks like he's holding his elbow or holding his hip or something. He looks very hurt as of now. And they said they're not going to bench him at all this year, so he'd, he'd really have to be having a very terrible stretch to be benched and i think that he'll be the he'll be the starter for the rest of the year but this is his last year and he's definitely not revived as no. you're saying six touchdowns yeah
0: sell <laughs> sell sell okay number four listen carefully listen Kadarius tony deserves more respect no
1: selling whoa whoa, whoa, whoa. selling as well his Got
2: respect you. was first round pick and i'm selling he is a good player with the ball
3: in his hands okay he's good i'm not saying he's great he's doing what he did in college But listen. Remember when we went one by one and everyone unpacked this? I see everyone (laughs) kind of ganging up on it. Yeah, yeah, listen, listen, listen. He had 40% of the target share in this game, which is crazy. That's not sustainable. Barkley was hurt. Shepard's out. Slayton's out. Galladay left with the knee injury. Daniel Jones was throwing to a majority of the first half. He had 13 targets, 10 receptions, 189 yards. He had a ton of volume because of the injuries around him and – that's not going to happen again, I don't think. Ever? There, I, he's not going to have 40% of the target
0: share. That's yeah. not realistic for <laughs> any true. team. So you're saying the week because he was forced targets, that he, it's an anomaly. Yeah, I think it's
3: an anomaly, and I think Mike Glennon might be playing this week if Daniel Jones can't get out of concussion protocol, so that's even another reason. hmm And, yeah, I don't think he deserves much more respect. I think most players, if they get 40% of the target share, will produce and get yards, most receivers in the league. Mm-hmm especially when they're getting scripted plays at the line of scrimmage (laughs) and screens. And I believe he threw a ball. Uh, Yeah, he did no he rushed yeah he's getting a lot of work he's in everything they're doing yeah. a lot yeah, of scripted plays for him I just sure. don't think it's consistent
1: yeah yeah, I'm gonna piggyback exactly you you said exactly what I was gonna say Caleb so I don't really have much more to add on other than just re- reiterating that, that when <laughs> when <laughs> when half the team is out on offense and he becomes their only option of course the stats are gonna look a bit padded and, and um he's gonna be more targeted but yeah I, I agree with you completely it's
0: funny we ask these questions because the cyber world goes absolute crazy you know the headline is, you know, is Big Ben revived again. You know, no, he's not, guys. Or you know, that's why we ask these questions.
2: Yeah, and as you're saying, 189 yards in this game, or something like that. They were also getting destroyed in this game. And that punch that he threw also didn't get respect from me either. He missed the dude completely. That.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, the fact that he threw it, not to mention that he missed, he missed it. it.
3: If you're going to yep. throw one, you might as well make it count. Joe Judge said they probably weren't going to discipline him for that, but I guarantee you, if their team was healthy, he wouldn't be playing this next Doesn't
0: game. Doesn't matter if he disciplines him. Goodell and the boys will. He'll have to write a check for that.
2: Yeah, and I think well, he also when he was leaving the game, Joe Judge was screaming at him, talking about how how stupid it was or how embarrassing it was or something. I don't know how much they like him, but I know this off season that they were not really, they were not having a fun time with him as he was kind of skipping practices and dealing with small things like cleats and shoelaces, weird stuff.
0: My thing is, like as a, as a Cowboys fan, obviously I'm skewed, and I'm going to tell you that Eagles fans and Giants fans can be you know dirtbags because they throw stuff and all that. I'm not going to say that. I'm going to say this. You haven't been around long enough to initiate a rivalry that it wasn't there. Like He was making tension that really wasn't even <laughs> right. there. It was kind of not called for. You know, when you're losing by 30 points. It's, yeah, right, it's, it's trash just, time, bro, and you're getting trash points. Right. So let's not uh, let's not get too excited about your performance because yeah. you're, you're literally being fed well, the ball. Well, can't
2: discount them completely. I know they were getting blown out, but he didn't have every single yard when they were getting blown out, obviously. Yeah, that's true. As the injuries happened early. Uh, I think this question kind of always appears when someone has a giant game like this. Mm-hmm. He did have close to 200 yards. He probably could have had that if he didn't throw a punch. But um, hmm. as we saw, I think, believe we had Cortland Sutton had close to 200 yards one game, and we weren't talking about how he's a top-tier receiver because of that one game, and you're not going to be projecting him to be a number one receiver all of a sudden. Kadarius Tony's case. And I, th- I just think it's kind of an overreaction kind of coming from the dark because he wasn't playing and he kind of just popped up.
0: Well, don't you think there's a lot of hype because of his draft position that he should be performing maybe better than he has been?
2: I, th- I think it's surprising to see that he hasn't get, gotten any playing time with the players being healthy ahead of him. Mm-hmm. But se- taking all of them out, all four of the players ahead of him on the depth chart, out, one way to you're going to you're gonna see him play more. But I, I think he got respect getting drafted in the first round. I don't think we should respect him more because of the one game that he had. But it was obviously a great game.
0: Yeah.
3: Yeah, I'm having people say he's somewhere between C.D. Lamb and Tariq Hill, which is absurd. I don't understand. It's that <laughs> type of hype. I'm shipping them out in every league I can because I picked them up before the if game. I wonder these
0: guys who make these comments actually watch the games or right. they just read stat lines like a box score. Probably. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I think you're right.
2: I was going to say that's like my least favorite thing. When someone has a big game, they're like, this guy is just like this elite player. Or when they get drafted, it's like he it's has like the upside of Tariq Hill. It's like hype it, trains. If you're, right? that's basically is. like saying the The highest upside possible for anybody
0: is this guy. Well, that's. The, I'm glad you said that because I'm reading headlines again saying well, Diggs looks just like Dion Sanders. No, he doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, you got a guy statistically who, for a few weeks, right, maybe. Well, maybe. I mean, maybe even better than Dion because Dion maybe didn't have a streak this hot. I'd have to look. I mean, Dion was consistently good, but they, they also lo- didn't throw to Dion. They did not throw to Dion. <laughs> they didn't try Dion, and when they did, he usually got his way. And on top of that, um, Dion had a swagger. and was just a different cocky right and you knew he was going to take the ball he you know he would give you 10 it. yards and take it from you <laughs> yeah. so i don't see any any and my guy troy eggman actually dropped that which was more surprising that i don't know maybe it's the culture today that this guy he's the next jerry rice he's the next you know Sound Deion tickets. sanders and it's a hot take culture yeah let me say thing is, just yeah. to, to stir the pot a little bit terrible so. <laughs> all right let's move on to number five <laughs> okay get ready davis mills is the quarterback answer in houston I'm going to say
2: yes, but I'm also going to say David Culley is not good. <laughs> <laughs> and I think I think they made the, raft, the right draft choice in Davis Mills. I don't know if he was drafted. I believe he was drafted after both Trask and Mond. I know Trask was the last pick in the second round, I think, and Mond was very soon after that. I don't know if he was before or after Mond, but I think he was the right pick out of the bunch for quarterbacks. We kind of brushed up on the history of who he is, and he hasn't had a lot of playing time. And it's great to see his early success in the NFL over other rookies, and I think that he'll continue – Not quite as good as last game, but I think he'll continue to have good success. This is not a great roster or a great coach team, in my opinion. And I think that he'll get better, but I would like to see the new, not the new head coach because it's his first year. I'd like to see the team get better around him because, obviously, he's been the bright spot on offense as well as Brandon Cooks, but I'd like to see him expand on that.
1: Yep. Tim, what do you think? Yeah, this is the weakest division, I think, in probably the entire NFL. And so it allows Houston, who we all kind of assume was going to be a dumpster fire this year, to um, give this guy... A, no one's expecting much from, from Houston, I guess is what I'm trying to say. So it allows them to afford... It affords them the opportunity to try Davis Mills out. You know this would never happen in new york or or Green Bay or Pittsburgh or you know some major major n f l cities. It allows them to kind of fly under the radar where no one's expecting much i I love the the idea of seeing what they have in him because let's be honest, they don't have much else, like Josh mm-hmm. said. They're not a good team they're not a well coached team i I went back and forth on the buy or sell just because. Uh, I'm buying on the fact that, I know this is kind of a, a cop-out answer, I'm buying on the fact that they should give him the chance this year. Uh, I guess I'm selling on the fact that I think he's the long-term answer. I, I'm i so curious, this offseason, I, I love the season, but this offseason is going to be uh, one of the best offseasons as potential um, quarterbacks out there. Again, not an attractive place to mm, land, though. Is no, Aaron Rodgers no. going to want to go to this? Does Russ want to go there? No one's going to want to go there. And so maybe he is a long-term answer. I, I'm, I'm back and forth.
2: Yeah, and for me, this kind of reminds me of the RG3-Kirk Cousins situation. I know that Tyrod Taylor wasn't drafted the same year as Davis Mills, and he wasn't even drafted in the first round or drafted at all. I'm not sure. Late-round pick at best. Uh, but basically when an RG3 went down and Kirk Cousins went out there, and took over. He had a very good game, very good stretch of games. And when he or when RG3 be finally became healthy, they were like, "Don't worry, buddy, it's still your job." And then when he got hurt again, he, Kirk Cousins went back out there and perfor- outperformed him again. And he mm-hmm. kind of slowly took over the job by sure. himself, and it kind of like wasn't like a headline or anything. He kind of just was the starting quarterback. And I think that's what's going to happen to Davis Mills. He's just going to be the long-term option for the next couple of years as the starting quarterback in my opinion, and that's why that's what I'm buying as.
0: Well, I say in terms of this team agreed they're dumpster fire and there's not many things that you can look forward to uh, when you watch this team play. That said, they've surprisingly put up some some good you know games. They they've come in and they've been competitive unlike other dumpster fires we've seen in the past. I'll tell you what I really like about them is all this said, no real weapons, no real coach, no real plan. <laughs> Imagine if he did. Yeah. What if he did have a decent coach and what if he did have some offensive weapons and a better defense and and everything. So, I'm saying I'm I'm buying because I like like you said, with what was on the table, he was the obvious choice next. And we all know that quarterbacks don't necessarily match up to the order they're drafted. That's, that seems to be the case. So I, I like it. At least at this point, he's a bright spot. He's making that team somewhat competitive. And I'm I'm at the moment buying. Yeah, I'm going to buy, but it's contingent. It's
1: a
3: contingent contract. <laughs> it's contingent on if the Sean Watson situation, how that ends up. Obviously. Yeah, 100%. obviously for everybody. But I think – Yes, he is the answer for them long-term. He's showing signs with this terrible team around him against someone like Bill Belichick, who's famously made every rookie quarterback look like a high school player. Mm-hmm. Zach Wilson had like a 7 QBR against him. Right. Justin yeah. Herbert had like a 21 QBR. And this guy comes out and has a near-perfect QBR against him.
0: Same mm-hmm. team. Yeah. It's, it's really against encouraging to coach. see
3: as a Houston fan. Mm-hmm. I think that he is the answer long-term, depending on how Watson's situation turns well,
0: out. Well, let's unpack Watson for a second. So, just to, to make sure we're all clear. What are the odds that he returns to this team and plays? He has already said a thousand times he doesn't want to play here. So you if said he's it.
3: if he doesn't end up in jail or parole or something, mm-hmm. then he's um Zero percent for you. Yeah, zero percent chance for the Texans.
2: <laughs> oh yeah. I was just gonna say he's he he said he was comfortable with sitting this year, and then the next year, even, he's getting paid more money to sit if he was going to sit. So he said he's willing to sit regardless. He's basically put his decision out and statement out that he is not playing for the Texans again, mm-hmm. and I think it's zero percent 0% chance that he plays for them again.
1: Yeah, and, and this is where I actually think Houston has some some hope <laughs> from the standpoint of if Watson is cleared, I, I agree with you guys, 0% chance. Flip him, and, and you could get a very good pe- There, There's not... There's a lot of teams that are looking for a Deshaun Watson. There, there really are, and so you can get some great pieces to surround. We're talking about Davis Mills, and you're talking about he doesn't have the pieces. What if he did? Well, with with the the um, the haul that you can get back from from him, absolutely, yeah, yeah. And
2: even we just we just talked about this team, but the Pittsburgh Steelers, I think, is a possible spot. I think they're projected for one of the highest caps in the league uh, next year because of all the people that will be retiring as well as Big Ben. They're going to have plenty of room and I think this team's kind of had like a seamless transition in terms of quarterback play. They had, I mean, they had Terry Bradshaw obviously forever ago and they didn't really have a quarterback situation but then it was Big Ben and they obviously have the team right now just to have a quarterback step in and they could be a top tier team again and I think this is a big situation or a big possibility for them if they're able to execute a trade for them. Obviously, I don't think anyone's going to trade five picks five first second
0: round picks for him because everyone knows that he wants out. Well, everyone who's asked for ridiculous first round picks didn't get him so far. Um, I agree with you completely. Uh, Pittsburgh, I'd love to see it because they're a team that he could easily plug and play. I don't think they need their draft picks to be good over the next couple of years. But you have to be a team, in my opinion, because I have read from several different sources that the teams that were alleged to trade, you know, um, like basically the Texans don't want Tua. They don't want Baker. Like they don't want these guys. So that that doesn't matter, you know. Yeah,
2: not every team kind of puts their opinion out there like that. We saw with the Stephon Gilmore trade, basically there was a couple teams interested and they never got a trade done, and then the last second as they're going to cut them, Panthers like, wait, 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 we want them. So you never really know with that yeah. situation. And Steelers kind of just an example. I think you kind of need a rebuilding team who's going to have their uh, their head coach basically fired and get a new one, new coaching staff, new team, or you're going to have a team that's losing their older quarterback and he steps right in and takes right over. Yeah,
0: and Pittsburgh's great for that. I would say if if I'm also the Texans... There's no chance the coach is going to get fired within the next couple of years, so you can throw that out the window. But what can happen is trade the guy, get a couple of of high draft picks, get some talent on that team, and and pull the trigger with Davis Mills and see what he can do. I think you're in a good spot, and you certainly have the money uh, to sign some players. So very good, guys. We're going to move into our final segment. This is our stardom or sit Quite simply, I'm going to ask each of you for two players uh, or teams or however you want to give it to me that you would definitely... C is a favorable matchup coming up in week six. Caleb, give me your first stardom. First one's pretty obvious. We've talked to him. Talked about him. Not talk, I wish I
3: talked to him. We talked about <laughs> him a lot already Najee Harris against Seattle. Seattle is allowing first or second league worst with rushing yards per game allowed behind the Chiefs or tied or I don't know. They're one or two. They're terrible at stopping the run. And Najee Harris is going to get at least 20 carries in
2: this game, and he's going to tear them apart.
0: All right. Josh, give me a starter.
2: Yep, for me, I'm going to say both DeAndre Swift, obviously going to be starting DeAndre Swift, but as well as Jamal Williams, they're playing against Cincinnati Bengals. And as Caleb was kind of referring to earlier, I don't remember exactly what you said, but I think that the the running backs that have played against the Bengals have allowed the season-high total in receptions for the running back position, and they've allowed nine receptions in a game, 14, 5, and 9. They're allowing, I believe, nine, nine and a half receptions in running backs per game, and they've, getting, they've been getting beat up through the air from the running backs, and that's a big situation for this team that relies a lot on the running backs. We know that they lost a lot of receivers in this in last game, and they basically don't have a number one receiver on this team, and I think the running backs are really going to take over against the Bengals this week. Excellent. Tim, what do you got for me?
1: I got Devontae Adams. One, because he's Devontae Adams, right? <laughs> <laughs> and I like this matchup against uh, against Chicago, the old rivalry, Chicago's defense. Um, you know, obviously we've got Khalil Mack over there, but as far as anyone that can cover Devante, <laughs> any corner, th- there's just not many, to be honest with you. And Aaron and Devante seem to be next level at this point, And they just, that rivalry just seems to kind of bring out the best in, in, uh, that duo right there. So I- I've got starting Devante Adams, which is probably a safe bet most weeks. Caleb, give me another one. I have Michael Pittman. Wide receiver for the Colts. We watched
3: him last game against Baltimore. He had a nasty moss. He had a moss <laughs> catch on these two defenders. It was a terribly thrown ball by like Carson Wentz, underthrown. But he jumped over the back of the defender and snagged it off his helmet. Really good to see. He's been their number one target on Indianapolis. I believe he's averaging around 10 targets a game, which is very, very good for fantasy. And he's playing the lowly Houston Texans, lowly who've been Houston allowing Texans. pretty much everyone to score on him. Yeah and Michael Pittman's the number one target for Carson Wentz, and it's going to be, it's a divisional game, so it could be close, it could be a blowout, it could be anything with divisional games being so weird. They're usually close, so look for Michael Pittman to score a lot of points this game.
2: Yep, and for me, I'm going to go with Tim Patrick, Denver Broncos wide receiver. We saw Cortland Sutton go crazy last game, and I think that is now Tim Patrick's turn against the Las Vegas Raiders. Their secondary has four rookies back there. They also have... Keyshawn Nixon, who I'm not quite sure who that is. He was the number three, number three corner behind Arnett and Mullen, who are no longer playing right now because of injury. And Nate Hobbs, who is a rookie. And Amika Robertson, who is a backup, drafted last year, late last year. Very Not a very talented secondary. I know they still have Casey Hayward, but he's going to be with Cortland Sutton. And these rookies basically are going to be covering Tim Patrick, and this game is going to be a lot. I think it's going to be a high scoring total, high yards total. And as the Raiders are the second best in passing yards per game, I think that the Broncos are going to have to keep up with them in the air. And I think that Casey Hayward against Cortland Sutton and rookies and backup against Tim Patrick is a great matchup for Tim Patrick.
1: I love Zeke this week. I love I love that matchup for for them um, at New England. Zeke just seems to be Zeke again. Old the old Zeke. Uh they they just everything we haven't talked much about Dallas, Let's which go. is ironic. But Dallas seems to be crushing it, right? I I, I think they're just kinda hitting their rhythm. Um I, I love the play call, um just the balance between pass rushing. Um and so I love uh Ezekiel Elliott. I think he has um, a monster week this week. I mean, no Najee Harris, but uh, I think he <laughs> he's gonna have a great week uh, up against uh, New England.
0: Always curious to see how the old ball coach is gonna play. We don't play mm-hmm. New England a ton, but right. you know, Belichick scares me with his ability to uh, game plan.
1: <laughs> I, I know he does. He does, but Zeke sometimes talent can just out. Mm-hmm. You know, out, out I
0: think in this case, um, there finally is too much for Mm. it's hard to game plan it is against a team like dallas who can so well balanced yeah because if you if who you're going to put on cooper then you're going to let cd loose then you know we have tight it it is really good hopefully to be a cowboys fan this season and the the one
1: thing that i noticed with them they've been talented for years the cowboys but they've always in my opinion played to the level of their their competitors that that win against the giants was so huge because it was everyone knew going in they're the better team they didn't even let it be close they they just put them away and and that's i mean we talked about Tampa before Tampa's doing the same thing those two teams right now in the NFC are just killing the teams they should be killing and so that's it's because that that
0: offense is so powerful yeah i think you're right. i think the old cowboys play a game like the chargers you Mm -hmm. know and they're not able to keep their foot on the gas like you said absolutely and and getting in the shootout that they've gotten and even with tampa bay it was nice to see them they went toe-to-toe right you know with the defending champions the best in the league so yeah this is a good and like caleb and i were talking about it It's probably best we lost the game to Tampa Bay, Mm -hmm. you know, because... By a field goal. It's pretty close. Right. Yeah. yeah. So it's good from a morale base. And, Mm -hmm. and, you know, you went toe-to-toe with the champs and you lost by a field goal on an arguably bad call. Right. right? Absolutely. I'm just (laughs) still still crying over here. Um, But it's probably a good loss for the team to have momentum. Mm -hmm. Okay. Before we close out the segment, I want to ask each of you for one player that you would sit undeniably don't start him just this just one week. just one you give it two give me two right now two right now i'll give you
3: kadarius tony cuz he's playing against the rams and they're not going <laughs> to let him do that again uh, agreed cuz you got jalen Ramsey, who will not allow it to happen um kurt cousins surprisingly enough he's been playing decent this year but he's playing carolina the last 2 weeks is he had one touchdown each game and one pick in each game the first 3 weeks of the year he had no picks and eight touchdowns in 3 games so he's starting to look a little different than he did the first 3 weeks of the year He's playing against a hard Carolina defense. I know they're a little banged up, but I
0: think he struggles in this game. So I would look to start someone else. Okay, Tim, give me what you got. You got more than um, we got more than one. Give it to me. Otherwise, you know, just give me what you here, got. Here, sorry,
2: I'll hop in here. Okay. I, I'm going to say bench Josh Jacobs. Might be surprising, but he is still not the rushing leader for the or the Las Vegas Raiders. Said Oakland <laughs> twice now, but the Raiders, Peyton Barber's one game where he had, I believe, 100 yards of scrimmage is still making him the leading rusher for this team. And Shoot. Josh Jacobs just has not been able to perform on the ground. Other than scoring touchdowns, I believe he has one touchdown in the three games that he started, so one each game. Mm-hmm. But he also missed two games, and he had two or three in one game as well. So he's been very inconsistent, and I think this is just, you can't really trust Josh Jacobs unless the he gets a touchdown. So I, I think it's yeah. hard to start him for me.
0: Yeah, I agree. I'll
1: I'll go running back, Miles Sanders. Um, Again, I just don't like that matchup. Tampa Bay, to me, is as I said earlier in the show, Tampa Bay is just clicking on so many cylinders right now. I don't like that matchup. I think uh, Philly's going to fall behind early because Tampa's just got it going on. And so Miles Sanders is just going to be a non-factor on Thursday night in Philadelphia. Um, And so I think uh, your boy's going to be throwing it a lot hurts but i th- i think that that leaves miles sanders
0: out in the cold so I'd, i don't like him in this week's matchup yep all right before we close out guys as always take a look at your week 6 schedule i know we've already talked about it a little bit but tell me the one game that stands out the most or what's must see tv for you or the best matchup that you want to see next week i've I, already said for me not to cut you off um super excited to see what dallas does against a extremely well coached team because i think that he will game plan better than anyone we've probably seen so far, and that will give us a test because he will take something away, and hopefully it's not what we planned for him to take away. Like, I think the Bucks was easy. We didn't plan on running because we didn't think we could run on them. Um, but I think Belichick is the ultimate chess, you know, chess checkmate type of coach. So that's super energizing for me among other things. What do you got, Keel? I really want to see Cleveland, Arizona. I think it's going to be very good with both
3: very high-powered offense. I know Baker's been struggling with some shoulder issues. That's why he hasn't thrown much the first three
0: games of the year. Non-throwing, right? It's his non-throwing. Yeah, yeah. it's yeah, still affecting him. But sure. it,
3: it look last game we saw him kind of loosen up a little bit. He's been playing very well the past game. But I think Arizona is a top three team in the NFC, probably top five in the league. And I think Cleveland could be that caliber like they were last year with their defense clicking. I think that they they will be a shootout in this game, and I think it's going
2: to be fun. Yeah. Yeah, for me, I'm going to say the Chiefs game. Uh, The Chiefs and the Washington football team, they're 32nd and 31st in the NFL in terms of points (laughs) against. They both allow a ton of points, but I think that the Chiefs are going to change it up a little bit in this game, and I think they're going to blow out the Washington football team, bounce back game, and I'm excited to see it happen.
1: I got two that I love. I I love that Arizona-Cleveland game, and I love that that's the later game because it allows us to watch the earlier one that I'm really intrigued by, which is the Chargers-Baltimore I, like I said before, to me, this is, for me, this is going to be very telling of what team mm-hmm. we have in Baltimore, because let's be honest, Baltimore used to kind of, it was a Baltimore and Pittsburgh's division mm-hmm. for many, many years here, and, and it's not, Cle- anymore. not anymore, Cleveland and Cincinnati are here to stay, and I think this will be a very telling game of whether Baltimore can hang with the big dogs, and so I love Chargers at Baltimore,
0: I love Arizona at Cleveland. Love it. Week six definitely has its fair share of good matchups. So make sure you check your local listings and tune in. Of course, as I've said, the late games have been good. I don't know about Seattle and Pittsburgh. I'm sure it'll, it'll work itself out and be decent to watch. But Buffalo and Tennessee could be good. Tennessee, as we know, should be the top of their division this year. They just need to start playing like it perhaps, but that's all we have for this week, guys. Just a couple of important things. This is the week that we actually launch our online store. So things are ready to go. You will be able to be one of the first to get your guys without helmet, merchandise, t-shirts, hoodies, hats, stickers, all kinds of things. So we would love your support there. If you do, in fact, uh, Love the show and love listening to this podcast, of course. We'd love for you to stop by and write us a review. Give us a five-star rating. It does help. Again, another way you can support us is by buying some of that gear. That, of course, will help us. It does cost money to produce a show like this and to advertise, and we would love to get your support in that matter. Also, we post a weekly video on YouTube, so please stop by and like and subscribe to our channel there. And finally, if you want up-to-date information and news as it breaks, please follow us on Instagram. And as always, Tim, it's a pleasure when you're here, bud. We look forward to having you again. Come back soon. Thanks, man. I appreciate being here. I love talking football with you guys. Awesome, bro. We would love having you, so come back anytime. So once again, thanks for listening. We'll see you next time on Guys Without Helmets.